Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. My name is Ja. I'm Hugo. We are here with another episode for your head tops. More fantasy football tips, tricks, and advice to help you bring home that Shiva. And uh, before we get into today's episode, we want you guys to check out a new website. It's called PlayActionPools.com. Once again, that's PlayActionPools.com. Me and Dugo here are going to be running contests all throughout the season. We have a contest called Pick Your Poison. It's a five-game NFL pick'em where you guys pick five matchups every week. You bet what teams win, uh, what money line, or what spread you want to bet, and you get to face off against us every week. At the end of the season, we'll see who comes out on top. And for 15% off of administrative fees, use promo code GUMBO, spelled G-U-M-B-O, and join the contest. Uh, This week's episode, we are going to go ahead and discuss the AFC North. We got a ton of interesting teams up there that I know y'all are, y'all have questions about. Yeah, dog. I mean, when you first think about it, I mean, when you think about this past weekend with the first week of preseason games, probably a couple of people that probably stood out the most are from the Steelers. I mean, that game was electric against the Seahawks. That was a crazy-ass game, man. It was, dude. My boy Kenny Pickett! Your boy Kenny Pickett showed out, bro. I mean, I'm going to keep saying it. It was against a bunch of threes, fours, fives. But someone who did actually go up against some actual competition was George Pickens. Oh. Bro, this guy was dank all game. Like, not only was he, like, actually going out making some dank-ass catches against the sidelines... Against the back pylon to make a tutty. He had a toe tap tutty. Bro, like corner this, of the end zone. Yeah, this guy is showing Beauty. out week one. I like, think, was that Mason Rudolph who threw him the touchdown pass? Yeah, it was, dude. That was in a bucket. That was a nice ass pass. Yeah, dude. He was he was kind of icy. I won't lie, man. I'm happy that uh, I'm happy that he was able to show out, bro. Yeah. Like this guy absolutely deserves it. He has that dog in him. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about him. Basically, before the draft. All offseason, really. Like, this guy is primed to go, boys and girls. So At one, at one point, I think we called him the Justin Jefferson of uh, the rookie class this year. Absolutely, dude. And he obviously got slighted. He didn't go until the second round. Like, this guy, though, hey, he's going to be something special. If there's two teams that can drive receivers really well, it's the Vikings and the Steelers. No doubt, dude. But- and with... I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I mean, right now I'm looking at a, one of our mocks, and George okay. Pickens right now is, so this is in a 14-team draft, Okay. but George Pickens is going at end of the 10th, beginning of the 11th. Wow, that's crazy. That's like, so if that's the end of the 10th, 10th and a 14th, then that's like around the 8th for a 12-team per se. Probably, but I think that his upside has to be shown out, or and 12th. I think... I know. Well, regardless, I think that he, uh, you know, I think that his ADP right now is just going to keep going, I guess, lower and lower, per se. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he's going to be valued higher. Mm -hmm. So, I think that right now, if you guys can get your hands on George Pickens around, shoot, the 9th, 10th, that's extreme value for your team, I believe, right now. Because I think that this guy... If they can find the right quarterback there for the Steelers. He's a solid wide receiver three for me this year. He has to be, dude. And if you're getting him with that upside at the ninth or 10th, 
Mm-hmm. Shoot, you could take him in the eighth, and I wouldn't be pissed at you, realistically. I think a lot of the reason we like him is because he's starting to kind of see that volume. Even though it's only been one preseason game, all the training camp hype has been around him. There's, you know, a new crop of quarterbacks coming in that aren't Ben Roethlisberger anymore, and that offense is starting to get a little bit younger. So, you know, Najee's second year, George Pickens' first year, Kenny Pickett maybe first year, um, Pat Fryermuth second year, Chase right. Claypool third. Like, this is a really young offense, bro. And... We think that George Pickens could see um, could see some uptick because of not only his volume, but his talent. No doubt. But speaking of volume, that brings me to another receiver on that team, and that's Deontay Johnson. No doubt, dude. Yeah, obviously he had a little bit of noise the beginning of the preseason and whatnot with his contract disputes and everything. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, they got that baby signed, and now he's one of the higher-paid receivers in the league. So good for him. Yeah, he got a bag. Yeah, bro. And right now, he's going around, like, the late third mm-hmm. um, into the fourth round. So, I mean, right now, honestly, that's probably a little too sweet for what I'm thinking. Just because I personally think that George Pickens, at the end of the year, might... I mean, this is a big assumption, and this is probably one of my worst takes. But I think that George Pickens, quite honestly, could outproduce Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool this year. <laughs> But I think that George Pickens, quite honestly, could outproduce Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool this year. I just I just think that, obviously, I think playing time is going to be a huge factor in that. But I think that if you're looking for the most explosive wide receiver, if I might be capping, but I think that, from what I've seen, I think George Pickens might be the most explosive. If you want to compare George Pickens to somebody in the league, his closest comparison on player profiler is going to be uh, Jerry Judy. I don't believe that at all. So, no way. Yeah, his closest comparison, at least physically, and uh, for what he can do from a size standpoint, speed standpoint, yeah, all that kind of combined, his best comparison is Jerry Judy. But the difference between him and Jerry Judy is that George Pickens is two inches taller, yeah, and he's a good ten to fifteen pounds heavier. No, exactly. That's just why I don't believe the comparison. Like, yeah. I, I just. That's he's so much bigger than Judy is, right? But he's a he's a smooth route runner, bro. No doubt. And he he's gonna see a lot of work. Deontay Johnson is somebody I'm a little bit lower on. I know he's gone in the range of you know maybe like wide receiver 13, 14, 15. Right. I just I don't like him don't going in the third, bro. I definitely think he's probably like I'd be comfortable taking him around the fifth, honestly. A little bit later would be nicer. I'm not saying that he's gonna be a bust. He's not gonna perform. No, but, but I just I believe he's gonna. At the end of the year, fantasy-wise, I could more likely see him being more towards, like, the back end of the wide receiver two range. And quite possibly, honestly, maybe a three. Just because their quarterback is so undecided right now. Like, obviously, he's one of those guys that I think is going to produce regardless. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, I just think that Deontay Johnson is... I don't want to say quarterback dependent, but I mean it He's was volume that, dependent, right? And he had Ben, who knew him for the last two years. So, so I just well, I don't know. With a new quarterback, I think it's going to be a little a little sketchy. To last, be honest, last year Deontay Johnson finished as a wide receiver eight, which right. naturally would make you you know feel good about him for sure. You look at his games played; he played in sixteen of the seventeen games. He had 169 targets. Right. That's almost 170 targets. That would have averaged out to maybe more than 10 targets a game. Well, bro, I honestly think that Najee's going to be getting a huge carry this year. Because last year, just looking at the team stats, 
They were 28th in rushing attempts. So I just think that that number is going to be boosted up this year. And when you look at it at the end of the day, I just don't think like you're like you were saying before, Deontay Johnson highly target dependent. And with a new quarterback and not necessarily a new system or anything, but just a new quarterback, there's going to be some hiccups and there's going to be a lot more rushing, I think, involved. I think he's going to be closer to his 2020 output where he was the uh, wide receiver 21 in PPR formats. See, I could I could get behind that a little more for so, sure. And with that being said, Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt last year. Right. So he saw an uptick in targets. Uh, in 2021, Deontay Johnson had 169 targets. In 2020, he had 144. So you're talking about an extra... 25. 25 targets. Out of those 25 targets, he gained an extra 19 catches. Right. Out of those 19 catches, he gained himself an extra close to 200 yards. Right. One yeah. more touchdown. So now yeah. that you have a George Pickens in there, you have Chase Claypool healthy, you have Pat Fryermuth, you have Najee Harris balancing the offense out from the backfield. Right. I think naturally he's going to regress more so closer to what he was doing a couple of years back, which put him in that, you know, uh, wide receiver two high high yeah. end wide receiver three range if you were to play in a ten team. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's not slighting him at all. I just think like we're. I think what right now means you hire alluding to is that it's just a little too sweet for us. Mm-hmm. Getting him in the third like that. Definitely you could wait until late fourth, quite possibly fifth, I think, if your team or if your fantasy league actually has a brain. And like it, That's just a little too much for me right now. I can't do it. Another person I think has gone at a really weird ADP, we actually think this guy could be higher, is uh, Najee Harris. Yeah. Back for the Steelers. Yeah, going at the 1-7 right now, like, I like him. I like him a lot. I think that he could definitely go quite possibly within the top five this year. Just because I think that, like we were saying before, his rushing uptick I think is going to go up 100%. Mm -hmm. And I think that just his ability to, you know, I think that there's flashes last year of what he was able to do out of the backfield when it came to receiving. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know if that ever really got utilized to his utmost ability. So I think that he could get some points that way too. And I mean... Those receiving yards, those catches, especially in PPR, like that is obviously huge. It is, it is. And the thing about Najee too is that he is also kind of based off of volume. Right. So Najee last year finished as the running back three. He saw a ton of work. My man had over 94, had over 90 targets at 94. And then he also had 307 rush attempts. Right. So he touched the ball pretty much 400 times yep there's a good chance that's probably going to continue as they kind of integrate a new rookie quarterback 100 percent. yeah the way that he's built i mean this guy is like this not necessarily the same size as d honey but he's able to take a load like this guy (laughs) throw the whole fucking like think of him as a donkey and you you can just throw whatever you want on this guy Like, he's just going to carry it. He's not going to bitch. He's just going to... What the fuck? Show up, bro. <laughs> Yo, Najee got 1,200 1, yards last year. That was a lot. He's very much could lead the NFL in rushing yards this year. 100%, bro. Yeah, he just scratched over that 300 points in PPR as well. I mean, you'd love to see that out of a year. He's one of those rare receivers that 
sees over 70 receptions and still leads the league in rush attempts. No doubt, dude. Yeah. That's so that's so unbelievably rare. Right. Almost to the point to where you hear those rumors about Frank Wright and, you know, the organization saying they're going to kind of pull back Jonathan Taylor a little bit to preserve his health. Right. Uh, you look at Najee. I mean, the Steelers have never had a losing season. They're going to be in playoff contention. He's probably going to see a little bit more work. It doesn't need to be substantial to boost him there. Right. Uh, all you're really hoping for is he gets more opportunity in the red zone to convert those touchdowns, and that's probably enough to kind of put him in that RB2, RB1 range, at minimum RB3, RB4 around where he felt last year. That, so, yeah. if my personal hot take for the season is I think that Najee Harris has all the potential in the world to end up as the RB1 in fantasy football. No doubt, dude. I mean, I know we aren't talking about the AFC South, but I still think that I still think that Naheem Hines is going to be a much larger uh, impact on that Colts offense. Like, I mean, we're I was watching the Pat McAfee show earlier, and there were some reports of him, like, after, like, his running back drills and stuff, like, he would always, like, run to the back of the wide receiver uh, line as well and go get some receptions. So he's working on that reception work as well, which I think is going to be huge. And I'm not saying he's going to end up being, like, a Debo Samuel, but he quite possibly could be the next wide back for sure, mm-hmm. especially if they utilize him correctly and, and if they want to take a little bit off of Jonathan Taylor yeah. without being, you know, predictable. Like, I just think that mm-hmm. if the Colts want to add that extra wrinkle, he's going to be the man to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a running back around the end of the draft, Naeem Hines right now going around that end of the ninth, he could definitely be your guy. I'm honestly thinking about taking him in the 8th or 7th just because I want all that stock right now. You know, speaking of value backs, I guess, uh, J.K. Dobbins is somebody who's going a little bit later than um, where a lot of people predict he'll land this year. Yeah, no doubt, dude. Yeah, I love J.K. Dobbins. I mean, obviously, the number one running back on the team is his quarterback. Yep, but 1,000 yards every year. Nonetheless, though, I think that J.K. Dobbins, with his skill set, I Obviously, he was hurt last year, but coming into this year, I think he is going to be fully healthy, ready to go week one. And so, with that, I think J.K. Dobbins honestly could be, at the end of the year, quite, like, in that running back two range, for sure. Like, I definitely think he could be the running back 15 by the end of the year. And I think that J.K. Dobbins is going to be quite possibly one of the best receivers on that team, too, coming out of the backfield. What are your thoughts on him, bro? Man, if J.K. Dobbins could be what I think everyone's kind of predicting him to be, Mm -hmm. which is borderline RB1 at his peak, he'd be a league winner this year. No doubt, dude. For where where he's going right now, you're talking about him being a fourth or fifth round selection. Mm-hmm. Bro, by the time you get to the fourth or the fifth round, if you're like most people, and let's say you fade quarterback, you fade tight end until later in the draft, right. you're talking about him being maybe your RB3. Right. Yeah, I mean, if, this guy had just under 1,000 yards his rookie year, and so I think that they're going to not necessarily like just put like the load on this guy to make sure that he's, mm-hmm. you know, like getting like, I don't know, like 400 carries. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. No, it's I don't think so either. But I think that at the end of the year, I could see his attempts being closer to, like, 175, 200 as far as, like, rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I could see, like, another, like, 50 targets coming at him as well. I could see and that. And so, at the end of the day, like, if you're looking for kind of one of those value backs that you can get for relatively cheap, I mean, right now he's going around that early fourth range. 
And like I said, I could see this guy definitely be at around that uh, early or like top uh, running back two range for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know he's one of those players to where there's always going to be hype around him just because of his profile. Right. A guy I think that um, we don't know much about, but there's hype around him because of his profile is mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman. Oh, dude, he's definitely going to be the wide receiver one on that team. There's no other competition. So, where do you think his ceiling is? Because he's one of those people that's fallen to me maybe in like the, you know, more so middle rounds, the seventh round-ish, eighth round-ish. I I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know anything about him, but I don't know if I'm drafting him at his ceiling or at his floor because Ravens receivers historically... I mean, Marquise Brown, obviously, is Marquise Brown, world-class speed. Right. A lot of, you know, deep pass touchdowns. But I don't know if I can rely on Rashad Bateman for that same kind of production, right? Like, he seems more like a... You use him in, like, a possession role. No doubt, dude. Well, right now, he is going late fifth, early sixth. That's typically where he's going within, like, the 14 team. So... I like this guy a lot with that value. Do you think he's a wide receiver three? I definitely think that he could end up being within the top 36, I I would say, at the end of the year. Where do you have his floor? Floor? Probably around 45. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. But I just think that there's... In the NFL, when you're running an offense... Obviously, you can run the fuck out of the ball, but at some point, you do have to pass it so you're not so predictable. Mm-hmm. And I just think that when we're watching his film, Rashad Bateman is just sneaky and he's decisive with his routes. Like, he's able to decipher what the defense is doing. If the uh, DB starts to crash on him, he'll literally spin around them, run up the field, catch the ball, and get like an extra 40 yards just because of that read. He's really aware. I just think, yeah, man, he's definitely super aware. He's still young. He's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. He was a second-round pick out of Minnesota. So, I mean, obviously, playing against the Big Ten, like we were just talking about, you're playing Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Like, these are prominent defenses that they're playing every year, typically. Yep. And this guy has experience against that, and now he's in the NFL. And last year... He was not amazing. He played 12 games, and he ended up being number 69 in PPR. <laughs> Ayo. Nonetheless, like, he only saw 67 targets last year, and obviously that was with a hurt Lamar Jackson. And yeah. I think Lamar typically would throw the ball a little bit more rather than handing it off compared to what uh, Huntley was doing. Yeah, for sure. So... I think that he's going to see a higher output. Like, I could definitely see this guy getting, I would say, I don't want to, like, double those numbers, but I could see him getting around, like, 110 targets this upcoming year. He, he was, him being a sneaky wide receiver three, 100%. I think he demands targets because he was that. Rashad Bateman is first-round draft capital for the Ravens. Yeah. They spent a lot of draft capital to go out there and get him last year. And, you know, he had his kind of welcome to the NFL year alongside Marquise Brown. So he had more time to maybe take the pressure off, learn the league, you know, figure out what he has to do. Right. But I think coming into year two, John Harbaugh and that coach and staff, they're going to place some expectations on his shoulder, right? No doubt. So I think that him, I, I, I loved Rashad Bateman coming out of Minnesota. Yeah. He was one of my favorite receivers. 
But I was skeptical when he went to the Ravens because it's the Ravens. No doubt, man. Super run heavy. You know, Lamar fucking runs for a thousand yards every single season. Yeah. You and, never know what to expect. Yeah, and if they're throwing it, it's typically to their tight end. I mean, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is a dog. That's probably my tight end one this year, dog. And obviously, he's going to be taking some receptions this year. I mean, Lamar Jackson loves throwing to him because he knows he's going to come down with the ball. I, so the hardest thing for me to project about Rashad Bateman is how many targets he's gonna get a game. Right. Well, I just think end of the year, I think you could be satisfied, or I think you could at least assume he's gonna get at least one hundred targets at the end of the year. I mean, just quick math, bro. That's around six targets a game. Yep. He's gonna be the wide receiver one on that team. So if you're assuming he's not gonna see six targets a fucking game, I would call you a lunatic. Like, I think six is, is I think five to six is definitely his floor. That's literally a pass and a half or a catch and a half, a target and a half. Right. Every quarter. Yeah, dude. So I just think you could definitely, definitely assume that that's going to be higher. Mm-hmm. So I just think if you're looking for a cheap wide receiver that you could have, honestly, as maybe your wide receiver too, if not as at least a really, 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 really good flex that you might be spending a little much on, but nonetheless, it's going to be a good switch throughout the year if you have a buy or something. But Rashad Bateman, this guy could be a huge wide receiver for your team in the sixth round. Would you rather have Rashad Bateman or Devontae Smith in fantasy this year? Oh, dude, that's hard. That's a really that's that's, that, to you. That's a really tough question. But honestly, because I would say, I would say Devontae Smith. Just because I like his more natural abilities. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that what he does is spectacular. I mean, he won the fucking Heisman, bro. Yeah, he's a world of talent. So, I would say Devontae, but obviously Rashad being the one on that team does make me think about it. Nonetheless, though, I would probably go with uh, with Devontae Smith. You think Lamar Jackson's going to have another MVP season? I think it's going to be that type of caliber for sure, bro. Like... Lamar Jackson, when he's out there, he's he's the one. Like, he's crazy. Like, he doesn't make much for mistakes other than he'll make some stupid interceptions and he'll get hurt from time to time. But nonetheless, dude, what he does is special. Dude, having Lamar Jackson on your fantasy team is one of the most comfortable feelings. Oh, no doubt, dude. If I, you can swoop him in the fourth? No, nah, bro. He's going later, dog. He's going, like, fifth, sixth round. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess fourth round for a lot of people. He's going as, like, the QB three or four i think yeah that's where he's going he's going at he's, the five in this recent one that i was doing so you're getting lamar jackson after justin herbert patrick mahomes and josh allen right kyler murray he's going well. around kyler murray ish yeah but uh lamar is one of those guys who he's a quarterback rushing for a thousand yards every year right he's gonna get you maybe 20 to 25 passing touchdowns every season right maybe three to 3,500 ish, you know, passing yards. Right. Like, dog, when he's active and available, like, he's a he's a dog. He's a beast. And so he's somebody that I definitely would like to get my hands on. I would have to be in the mindset of trying to land a quarterback that early in the draft. No, and by early, I mean, you know, the fourth round, fifth round. Yeah. And I think that you can definitely structure your team around that. The biggest thing mm-hmm. that I would say if you're going to do that, I would stress running back early. Oh, yeah. You need at least two. Probably, yeah, you probably do probably back-to-back running backs if I were you. Probably try to snag some sort of receiver there sure. in the third. And then you could probably bank on getting yourself some Lamar Jackson stock in the fourth. Guys, one thing I'm going to pitch to you, and we'll keep the podcast moving after this. 
you need to go get your running backs this year. I know that a lot of you are going to be drafting in these next few weeks. A lot of you Labor Day weekend. These running backs are a few and far between, and receiver is pretty heavy. I mean, right. you're getting Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin in the sixth and seventh rounds. Yeah. These are potential wide receiver ones. Right. With running back, you hit that dead zone in around the third round, mm-hmm. and then it's pretty slim pickings from there on out. If you want to have a team that's going to have consistent production at that you know position, you need to go get your guys in the first three or four rounds. For sure. But if you went ahead and you did that, and let's say you got a wide receiver somewhere in the first three, four rounds, getting Lamar Jackson is so nice because Lamar Jackson always has that potential to be one of the highest scoring players, not only in fantasy, but at his position group. No doubt. Well, let me ask you this. So if you're going running back early, and let's say you're picking towards the later first, would you rather have Joe Mixon or Nick Chubb? Mixon. You think Mixon? I would probably agree with you. My only, the only reason why I wouldn't is on the off chance that the Browns actually do trade Kareem Hunt. Like, if they do that, then I would definitely take Chubb before Mixon just because I know that Stefanski is more of a running head coach. Mm-hmm. He's more of a running play caller compared to what the Bengals are, especially when you have Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. you have T. Higgins. I mean, mm-hmm. you have Hayden Hurst, goddamn. Woo. Could oh. be a splash oh. tight end. I don't want to talk Big about him fly. right now. I don't want to talk about him, but if you want a late-round tight end that you can get, like, 12th round, 13th round, mm-hmm. Hayden Hurst might be your guy, to yep. be honest, especially in that offense. Ooh, oh, you are the smart one. Yep. But nonetheless, dude, I would probably agree with you and take Joe Mixon just because the Bengals are just, you know, they're going to have probably more of a steady quarterback play. Yeah. You know, the they have all those other targets that are going to be spread of the defense, so it's easier to run with Mixon. And plus, he catches the fucking ball really well. He does, yep. Bro, yep. tell me what you like about this Bengals team. So, I like the Bengals because they're obviously a really high-scoring offense. All their positional players are guys that I would love to grab in the draft. For sure. Whether you're talking about Burrow, Higgins, Chase, Mixon. Even Tyler Boyd is a value for where he's going right now. No doubt. So, I look at Joe Mixon, and I like the opportunity that the Bengals have to end up in the red zone a lot. Yeah. I like his, obviously, you know, natural ability to not only pass catch, but, you know, run it up the middle if needed. Yep. He's one of those players that's so perfect for the system. Right. Because they can use him kind of any which way. You He could be in the game, and you don't know if they're passing or running. Yeah, dude. I mean, right? the, the guy ended up being the running back four last year. Yeah. 22 overall, so... Yeah, I mean, obviously taking him uh, late first, if you want to look like overall-wise, you might be stretching. But obviously you got to – I would value running back much more than that. And I I think getting a top five running back like Joe Mixon is probably going to be this year again Mm -hmm. is – I think that's a value pick getting him at the late first. I think that this offense is just – kind of growing into itself it's turning into something that's going to be great yeah dude zach taylor is kind of a mastermind of an offensive play caller i'm not sure if it's him or just joey b being joey b it's both but yeah it's definitely a combination yeah everyone on that team is just smart and it's it's great to see dog you talk about jamar chase jamar chase is kind of in that tier one of wide receivers you're talking about him potentially being one of the top three best fantasy receivers in not only dynasty but also redraft. Right, dude. I mean, right now he's going in the late first. Jamar Chase. Like, mm-hmm. shit, dude. Yeah, T. Higgins is going in, like, beginning of the third. 
Right. Well, I in this latest one that I'm looking at right now, he was actually late third, which yeah. honestly I'd be more comfortable with. I don't know if I would take Tate Higgins as much as I love him. We talked about it. I don't know if I would take him in the early first. We I mean, it, it's yeah. just, yeah. But Jamar Chase getting him at the 110, I think that that's a stellar value pick. I mean, last year he ended as wide receiver 5 in PPR. Mm-hmm. Bro. I think it, I don't think that's going to end anytime soon. Jamar Chase is going to be one of those players that you get at the end of the first round and you're always comfortable with. No doubt, dude. He's a lock every week. I mean, obviously you know that they're going to be throwing the ball and that yeah. they have that him and Joey B have that connection that's just world renowned. Like it's Rogers, Tay, it's all these things that you want to have. What he did that, was in his rookie year. Yeah, bro. He was a rookie. Bro, we were talking shit because he couldn't catch the goddamn ball for the first month of the preseason. I didn't even see when that happened. Like, I just read a news report and everyone just said he couldn't catch. Yeah, bro. I didn't see any fucking practice film. Like, Right. Right. Dude, he was a rookie. Yeah. And now you're talking about him going into year two. He's more comfortable in the NFL, in the offense, yep. with the quarterback, and the coach, and the OC. The Bengals are going to take off, and Joe Burrow is a quarterback that I'm also uh, liking to get my hands on. Yeah. I think that he's a really, really, really great value right now. Yeah, man. I mean, he was part of that Lamar stretch as well. He went right after him at mm-hmm. the late fourth. You know, he probably could go fifth round in most leagues, I would assume. I think Joey B could finish ahead of Justin Herbert. You think so, bro? And uh, Pat, that's my hot take, too. Woo! I think Joe okay. Burrow could finish the year with the most passing yards of any quarterback. I, I don't doubt two. that. I don't doubt that at all, bro. And <laughs> plus, he ended out QB7 last year. I, I don't think that his passing volume is really going to go much lower. I mean... Joe Burrow's going to be an MVP one day. Yeah. I think we can all kind of come to that agreement. And uh, last year was the first year he played a full NFL season. Yeah, dude. I mean, last year they were 20th in passing attempts. Like, if you could see them go up a little more towards, like, 15 range and they're throwing the ball just a little bit more, I mean, I think they're going to have the ability to because I think that offensive line is going to be a little bit, you know, like, better structured. I think that they're going to be a little more not as hesitant to throw the ball all the time. But, I mean, when you have those targets, like we said, like Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, like, you got to throw the ball around. Like, those are just monsters waiting to be fed. And, obviously, Joe Mixon's going to get his as well. Yep. Man, I like the Bengals a lot. I want everything to do with that offense. But another offense, I guess, in the same state that I'm a little more wary of is the Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of receivers, I guess the number one guy who's probably getting drafted, you know, right behind uh, right behind maybe like a T. Higgins or someone like that is uh, Amari Cooper. Yeah, dude. Right now... So, I'm just relaying back to this mock draft. He's going around, like, the beginning of the fifth right now. Mm-hmm. That's Amari. I don't know if I really dig with that too much, bro. So, the reason for it, I know, I know. Yeah, like, I think he's a great receiver. But the reason why I don't dig with that too much is just because I don't know what the fuck's going to be going out with Deshaun. And if he's not going to be the QB one start in the year, I don't really trust Jacoby Brissett to be the quarterback for a receiver that I'm taking in the fucking fifth round. Like, that's just a little too sweet for me, dog. So the benefit for a lot of you guys who are normal and you wait to draft until Liberty weekend right before the season and you know when all the injuries occur. Facts. 
is that we're going to know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson hopefully by then. I know the NFL and the NFLPA are in discussions of trying to come to a settlement. Right. I think that's something that's going to get taken care of before the beginning of the season because it's great for the NFL's PR and it's great for the player. No doubt. When I think about that, if Deshaun Watson's going to come in there and he's going to start playing from November on, you got to think of Amari Cooper as Deshaun Watson's wide receiver one for the playoff push of the season. Yeah, man. And, I mean, if you're thinking about some late wide receivers that could have all the upside of Deshaun Watson as their quarterback, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Bell, both of these guys are going towards the end of the uh, draft. Like I like David Bell a lot. Yeah, dude. I really like him as a rookie. Like, these guys aren't even getting drafted in the 16th. Like, these guys are basically going on drafted yeah i'm saying undrafted and these guys are going to be the wide receiver two wide receiver three on a fucking football team that's going to pass the ball because that's just what offenses have to do amari um, can't catch every pass and david Njoku, who i have all the hope for in the world mm-hmm. they can't just catch all the balls someone mm-hmm. else has to so look for those guys in the late end of the draft and I know we talked about Nick Chubb in comparison to Joe Mixon. We both have him as like a low-end RB1. Mm-hmm. Probably like maybe like RB7, RB8. More so just because that offense is going to have to... It's not going to function in the red zone as often. Right. right. So, I don't know what they put out there. They have so many running backs. Yeah, I mean, we even have reports of Jerome Ford. We saw what he did in his preseason game. Yeah. Like, he looked really good and. I mean, that's just what I'm kind of alluding to. Like, if they were to trade Kareem Hunt, like, Jerome Ford could be a sneaky running back this year as well. Mm-hmm. But was the likelihood that they're going to trade Kareem? I mean, you would think so just because there's already all that pub. Why do you need more there in Cleveland? Yep. But, honestly, I doubt that they will at this point. And so he's going to be obviously be the handcuff for Nick Chubb. I mean, it's just it's one of those things. And when you're getting... Someone like that, like when we're talking about Kareem Hunt, I mean, he, he's a great running back himself. He's going pretty early in the draft as well. So, I don't know. Like, it's just scary to me to want to have a handcuff to Joe Mixon like that or to have Joe Mixon and having my handcuff going to sixth. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things where, bro, like, what are you talking about? Like Nick Chubb obviously comes with some risk. Yeah, I think that uh, for him to go at the beginning of the second, I mean, that feels like a great value. But right. uh, just like any player, he comes with a volatile floor. No and doubt. no one can tell you for sure what it is now. If they try to, they're pulling it out of their ass, right? Right, man. You, you hypothetically think that he's going to get more rush attempts. But, I mean, what are rush attempts if you can't move the ball and the defense can go ahead and stack the box because they're not worried about a Jacoby Brissett? And you only have one bona fide, solidified receiver in the NFL as of as of week one going into it. Yeah, dude. And when we look at the last time that Kareem Hunt actually played 16 games in a season, the guy ended up being a top 10 running back. Yeah. And if you think that they're going to have both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both having those types of numbers, I don't think that's going to happen, dog. Like, I just don't know if both of those running backs can really perform like that because in that same year... Sure, they were able to do that because Nick Chubb was around like that RB9, RB11 range, depending on if you're standard or PPR. Mm-hmm. But, like, is that sustainable? Yeah. I don't really know if it is. 
I mean, I could be talking out my ass and, hey, like you might get a swoop of a Kareem Hunt in the six and he might be a top ten running back. I mean, what are the Kareem odds Hunt? of that, though? Ooh, that's a hot take. Yeah, bro. That's but a hot take. I think I could see him possibly being more towards running back 20-ish. I mean, they're going to run the ball a lot. They aren't going to be able to really pass it a shit ton. Mm-hmm. And they have the offensive line to run it. That's fair. That's, so, that's a fair enough take. I, I respect that. Yeah, man. I think Kareem Hunt top 10, that'd be interesting. That'd be a fucking league winner right there. Well, but. I mean, that's what he did the last time he played 16 games. Obviously, mm-hmm. it might be an anomaly. But, I mean, shit, dude. When this guy was at uh, Kansas City, this guy still had all the ability in the world. Yeah. Like... Obviously, there was some bad pub and shit, and he had to leave town. He got released, et cetera, et cetera. But nonetheless, like, hey, this guy's as talented as it gets. Mm-hmm. So He's somebody I like a lot. So if he stays in Cleveland, that's the kind of the question that needs to be needs to be answered. But No doubt. A uh, ton of potential. Yeah, I, I like him, honestly, with the value at six, in the sixth round. 100% mm-hmm. love that. Yep. Well, hey, that's our review on the AFC North. We appreciate y'all for tapping in with us for another episode. Um, make sure you go ahead and click that like if you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you hit us uh, with the follow on whatever, on whatever streaming platform you are listening on. Make sure you hop over to YouTube and watch some of those shorts where we go in-depth on all these players yeah. that could be integrated into your fantasy teams and make you win a motherfucking championship. Yep. And so, uh, with that being said, we appreciate you guys. We'll tap in with you next week, Friday. My name's Ja. I'm Dugo. Talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Digital dash in the belly, been taking a twisted guitar. I got it for flavor, the bass, and the boost of the